So me and Jess, over the last year, which Jess uh, just took off, um, our, one of our sons, Ben, climbed in our bed last night and threw up all over us. So, and uh, yeah, isn't that the best part about being a parent is uh, cleaning up puke in the middle of the night? It's always just a rich, rich reward from the Lord, you know? I always take it that way. But um, she went home to take care of uh, him. He's kind of still sick. But me and Jess have had a lot of conversations over the last 12 months about God's grace and goodness. And I can 100% say that I'm more convinced of God's mercy, grace, goodness um, over the last 12 months than any other time in my life. God is so rich in kindness. God is so merciful. God is so faithful even when we're not faithful. And his love and his grace and his goodness is just so incredible and amazing. I think it's an amazing thing that God is, has this movement of grace through the earth. Um, it wasn't there when I grew up in church, uh, when I was growing up with flannel boards, you know, way back in the day. Um, it, the grace necessarily wasn't moving, okay? But grace and understanding of who God is is definitely moving, and that's a great thing because it helps take people out of darkness and bring them into the light, Okay? But we also cannot deny the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our hearts that grace and love and God's goodness should bring God's people to a place where we go, God, I'm going to surrender to your will and way. And that's my purpose now. My purpose is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, it's interesting when Jesus, um, you know, picked the disciples and the disciples started following Jesus. The reason they were a follower is because they left everything. They left their homes. They left their jobs. They left their families. They left their identities to do what? To follow this guy named Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, they were walking with him. When Jesus woke up, they woke up. When Jesus told them to go left, they went left. When he told them to go right, they went right. They were followers of Jesus, okay? And so I want to talk about that thought today, about being true followers of Jesus, okay? Um, Go with me, uh, if you will, to the book of Kings. If you got a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We'll have it on the screen for you today. Uh, First Kings chapter 16. We're going OT today, people. Old Testament in the house. And I know that some of you might be going, well, I don't know OT, and I don't know 1 Kings. That's okay. I will do my best to uh, keep you up to speed, and uh, you can follow along with. Um, We're going to look at three categories in the next couple weeks that God wants me to just kind of highlight. We're going to look at what kings were, what prophets were, and the people. These are three categories that we find, okay? Now, When we think about kings, we have to go back to 1 Samuel, when God starts setting up kings in Israel, okay? Israel are God's chosen people, okay? They're God's people to bring and to usher in Jesus Christ, okay? And Israel has this relationship with God where God will come and bring great victories for Israel and bring them out of Egypt, and they'll come out without anybody being sick and full of money and wealth. And then Israel in, you know, a few days later will be in the wilderness going, God, why are we here? Let's go back to Egypt. And so Israel has this 
constant conflict happening in their hearts, which really kind of looks like a picture of a lot of us today where we're always kind of in this up and down conflict with our, with our Lord and Savior that, you know, we have these days where we're following his will, and then we have these days where we go, ah, I really want to do what I want to do. And so Israel is up and down, and so they have a covenant with God. God says, listen, I'll bless you. I'll protect you. I'll take care of you. Just obey my commandments. But Israel struggles with this, so God says, okay, we're going to raise up a king to help you with this. And then God raises up prophets, and the prophets are there to help determine the will and the desire that God has for the nation. And they speak to the king, and then guess what? Then we have the people, the people of Israel. And what's their response? Their response is to go, okay, God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to follow you? Okay? But Israel, again, is struggling with this process, okay? And so we go to First, first Kings, okay? First Kings, got my notes mixed up. First Kings chapter 16, okay? Now, I want to hit something before we jump into that. God is really good and really kind and really gracious, okay? But the problem is this, is that God never forces his will onto anybody, God is a God of choice, okay? So we see that right away in the Bible, in the Garden of Eden. God creates this beautiful garden, and he goes, I don't want robots. I don't want people that have to serve me. I want people that want to serve me. I want people that want to be in love with me and want relationship, okay? And so he gives choice. He gives man free will, okay? So in that choice, he can't force Israel to be righteous. He can't force Israel to be holy. He can't force Israel to be obedient. And I know we all love these words. We're all like, oh, these are terrible. Oh, the, the obedient word, you know. But God can't force anybody. God wills men to do good and evil. Okay? He gives choice. God's giving man the opportunity to make choices. Okay? And so Israel has made a choice. They have a new king. We're going to go uh, 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29. Ahab okay, is the ruler over Israel in the 30, uh, 38th year of the king of Judea. He reigns in Samaria for 22 years. Ahab did what was evil in the Lord's sight, even more than the kings before him. Verse 31. And as and as though it were not enough to follow the sinful example of Jeroboam, oh man, I, get, I mess up these names. I'm so, I'm so bad. I'm sorry. Jeroboam, I think, he marries Jezebel, a Phoenician princess. And he begins to bow down and worship to Baal. Verse 32, Ahab builds a temple and an altar to Baal in Samaria. Okay? So what is happening? We've got a king that marries poorly. Okay, all right, he marries really poorly. And what is he marrying for? Okay, he's marrying for a money move. Okay, he's making a decision to increase the wealth of his kingdom and his nation. Okay, she's a Phoenician princess. They have a great sea harbor, and he wants to import and export goods from his country to their country. He's trying to make a deal. Okay? But how many of you know this, that sometimes the deals that we make in life aren't always a good deal for our soul also, okay? And so he makes a good financial decision in his mind and in his heart, but he's not making a good soul decision, 
okay? Now, we have lots of you in the room here today that are not married, okay? And that's great. That's awesome. I love it. But I want to speak to you. I don't care how old you are, okay? It doesn't matter what season you're at. I told you students for years, you better marry the right person, okay? You better marry the right person with the right soul, with the right kingdom, inside of their heart, knowing Jesus, knowing who they are in Jesus, because who you marry, it's a lot, okay? It's a big deal, okay? It means a lot. And so here's this king that makes the wrong decision, okay? So Ahab has a desire to import and export. Well, so does Jezebel, okay? But she just wants to import and export on a different level, Okay? She wants to import her god, Baal. Okay? Baal is known as a storm god, okay? a false god. Okay? She wants to import Baal and export the god of Israel. Does that make sense? Okay? That's her desire. Okay? And it's interesting, you can see this exactly happening in our country right now. We're importing all these gods and all these religions and all these thoughts and all this open-mindedness, and we're trying, our, as a nation, it seems like we're exporting the God that this foundation, this country was founded on. Amen? And so it's relevant to today. And her desire is for them to worship these false gods and not worship the God of Israel. Okay? You know, in Psalms chapter 23, David makes a profound statement. Okay? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay? And, and when I was reading that, because I teach this Bible class uh, on Fridays and Mondays to these little 6th and 7th and 8th graders, and, and the Lord just kind of popped that out to me. He said, Guess what? David chose me to be his shepherd, okay? When he said, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, listen, I want everybody to understand that the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one I chose to shepherd my life, okay? Israel has chosen a different shepherd, okay? And they're following a different God that God has not set up for them, okay? So Jezebel, she's succeeding somewhat. She's brought in some of her gods, but Israel is still doing what? Still remembering the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? Still remembering their past. And so all of a sudden, we have a mixture of these religions coming together, okay? And I want to make this very clear that whenever we get a mixture that's not pure, it is a very, very dangerous place, it's a dangerous place that the enemy can come in and rob, steal, and cheat your life, okay? And I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly declare that we are not going to be that church. We're not going to be a church that is a mixture. We're going to be a church that says we trust the word of God, we trust his purposes, and we trust it 100%. People may say to you, oh, you're ignorant for trusting the word of God. I say I'm the smartest man alive for trusting the word of God. I will make this my foundation. Okay, so we got a mixture. It's not pure. Okay, this happens in the same way in life in 2016. How many of you know that there are certain scriptures in the Bible that you love? They're like your go-to scriptures. Okay, I love Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. For God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ever hope, dream, ask, imagine. Isn't that a great verse? I mean, when you read that verse, that verse just makes you happy. You just go, man, God's for me. He's with me. He's got great plans for 
me. He wants me to succeed. He wants me to be blessed. So I love that verse, okay? Now, when I first got saved and started reading verses about tithing, I wasn't too excited about those verses. And I didn't really read a whole lot of those verses, you know? I liked the other verses about his goodness and his grace and his strength. So in our relationship sometimes with the Lord, we'll go, I like this part of the Bible and I like these passages, but there's also a bunch of things from my past and there's a bunch of things from the way that I grew up and there's a bunch of this religious stuff that I grew up with that I still like. And we end up becoming this unpure mixture of I want my life, but I also want some Jesus. And we start mixing these things together. And this is not God's plan for his people. This is not God's plan for us today. Go with me, 1 Kings chapter 17, okay? Chapter 17, uh, we're going to look at verse 1, okay? Now, a man named Elijah comes on the scene. This is God's prophet, okay? And he's from, uh, he's from Tishbite, or Tishbite. I don't remember. Oh, gosh, why couldn't God use easier names in the Bible? I mean, do I have anybody else with me? Okay, Tishba, okay? And so Elijah comes on the scene, okay? And the only thing we know about Elijah from the Bible is that he was hairy and he wore a leather belt. So he's basically Chewbacca, okay? All right, so just think Chewbacca walks into the king's palace, Okay. Um, I don't know how he got into the king's palace. I don't know how he got a word with Ahab. But all of a sudden, we find this guy. And this is the first thing that he says. He says, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives. What is he doing? He's making a profound statement to this king. That you think you can export our God? You think you can export the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? No way. He lives. He's still God. He's on the throne, and he's watching over his people. Okay? And that's important for us to understand because this is the relationship that we need to have with our God. We don't need to have a common relationship with Jesus. I think so often we treat Jesus as common. We just come into church. It's another Sunday. It's because we get in these routines. We get up, we go to work, we pay our bills, we hang out with our family, we go to church. We get up, we pay, you know, pay our bills, hang out with our family, go to church. We just get into these routines in life, and all of a sudden we walk into church on Sunday morning, and it's almost like, oh, it's just Jesus. Oh, it's just his goodness again. Oh, it's just his kindness. Oh, it's just another song. It's just another day. You know, we just get into these routines. But God is making a profound statement. I am God. I am the God of Israel. And he says this, okay? And the Lord God, he says this, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. And all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. It's like a magic trick. It's like, poosh, you know, and there he's gone, okay? Now, Rain is important. Why is rain important? Okay, number one, rain is important in the Bible because it represents God's goodness. It represents his grace. It represents God's blessing, okay? But you got to understand in that day and time and culture, in that environment, rain meant everything, okay? Rain meant you had something to drink. Rain meant that your cattle had something to drink. Rain meant that the crops are going to grow. Rain and dew represented what? Life, 
okay? It represents blessing, okay? And so when he says it's not going to rain, there's not going to be any dew, it's not going to be any mountain dew, praise God for mountain dew, I live on mountain dew, okay? Taco Bell, frozen, Baja Blast, the best thing that was ever created on earth, love it. He says none, None of this is going to happen, correct? Okay, I'm seriously. You know what it is, too? Every time I go to Taco Bell, I order one, and they'll always go, sir, we just ran out. And I'll go, I know, God's working on my patience, you know? I just, I know he is. But what he's saying is this. There's disaster coming. There's a famine that's going to hit, Okay? Bad things are going to happen, and we're really going to deal with that more next week. Where I'm going today is is this verse, verse 2, okay? It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go east and hide by the Cherith Brook, near it where it it enters the Jordan River. Verse 4, Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I've commanded them to bring you food, okay? Now, He's just like us in life, okay? I know we all have these moments in life where we're like, okay, how's God going to provide, right? How's God going to come through? How is God going to heal and restore this situation? How's God going to heal and restore my marriage? How's God going to heal and restore my broken relationships? How's God going to, you know, bless my kids? How's God going to do this? We're always trying to figure out how God's going to perform his blessing, his miracles in life. Okay? And Elijah's at the same place. He's going, okay, God, how are you going to take care of me? And then God says, okay, well, you're going to drink from the brook, but then I'm going to send ravens to you to feed you. Okay? Problem. Okay? Problem with this is ravens. Okay? Number one is this. According to the law that he knew in his heart, ravens were unclean animals. Okay? Not to be touched, not to be dealt with. Okay? This, is, this, is a, um, this is violating everything that he knows to be true about his relationship with God and how he functions with God. So, but God says, I'm going to send ravens to you, an unclean bird. That's number one. Number two, ravens weren't going to bring him nicely sliced fresh meats every day, okay? Ravens weren't, you know, hitting up, you know. Anybody ever been to the Brazilian steakhouse uh, before? I mean, isn't that place just a godsend, you know what I mean? Anytime that somebody comes to your table and slices off hot meat onto your plate, I am a fan of that, okay? Now, this wasn't happening in his world, okay? Ravens weren't flying to Texas Brazilian Steakhouse and bringing these wonderful cuts of meats to Elijah, okay? Ravens were scavengers, meaning what? They are picking off dead animals, okay? I don't know about you, but I don't drive by dead animals and think, ooh, dinner's looking good tonight, you know? I mean, that's just, that's what's crossing my mind, okay? The other thing is that, according to the law, they're not called to touch dead animals, okay? So now we have ravens, and they're touching dead animals and eating off of dead animals. I know this is just getting worse by the second, okay? I mean, seriously, I think about this, and I'm like, like, I have a gag reflex. I don't know if any of you do, but I'm like, ooh, gosh, here we go, God, you know? And so here come the ravens. Here comes God's provision, right? You can see these big ravens flying on in. Okay, and if you're Elijah, you're probably hungry, and you're probably excited to see the ravens, but then the ravens fly down, 
They stand before you, and what do they do? They cough up your dinner, okay? You know? And God's like, bon appetit, my friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> dinner is served, you know? And you're thinking to yourself, dinner? You've got to be joking me, God. Like, no, 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 no. Listen, I barge into the king's palace. He wants to kill me. Everybody's looking for me. And this is the provision that you bring for my life? How many of you have been there before? Been in a moment where God wants to take care of you. But you're looking at God going, no, this isn't the plan. This isn't what I like. I don't like how this feels, God. I can only imagine that there were days that Elijah just sat there and said, no way. <laughs> no, no way. I mean, you got to think that food must have smelled horrible. I mean, a bird is coughing it up. Oh, my gosh, it's just terrible. Every time I think about it, it doesn't smell good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look appealing. But how many of you know you get hungry enough, you're going to eat that? You're going to eat that coughed up food. Amen? There comes a place where you go, man, I am hungry. I am hungry. You know what I mean? I know some of you are thinking that right now. You're like, oh, you're talking about food, Pastor Jeff. I am hungry right now, you know? There comes a place. Okay, what is God trying to do with our prophet? I wrote this down, okay? God was helping Elijah to get past his narrow-minded theology and perspective of God. We have this narrow-minded perspective that this is exactly how God has to work. And if he doesn't work like this, and if church doesn't look like this, and if church doesn't feel like this, and if God doesn't move like this, then it can't be God, right? It's narrow-minded. Listen, God is a creative God. I love how God works in many, many different ways. I'm, I'm driving down the uh, road the other day, country roads with my son Ben that's six, and he's looking at the trees. And my son Ben goes, Dad, did God create these trees? And I said, he sure did, son. What were those trees speaking to my son? That I am God, I am alive, and I am creative, and I made these trees so that you could look at these trees, son, and that you could know me. God is a creative God. God is not boxed in to our way of life. And he's showing him this. He's helping him to see this firsthand. I also wrote this, that he's changing his natural thought patterns, helping him to stop living by his five senses. We live according to what we see. We live according to what we feel. We live according to what we have. We give a lot of times according to what we have. But that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is so different than our Western mind and our Western culture. It's a kingdom, okay? Think about that word kingdom, meaning that Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords and that he is reigning as living king today. He's a king, and he deserves the best. He deserves the best of my time. He deserves the best of my finances. He deserves the best of my energies. He deserves the best because he's my great king and faithful father. Amen? He's a king. It's a kingship. 
wrote this down. Transition happens when you accept what you've never accepted before. Meaning this, that there are times that God wants so desperately for you to walk in victory and life, okay? So desperately. And I want you to clearly, clearly understand this perspective that God is always, always trying to bring you into a season of blessing, okay? Because I believe this 100%. If I'm not blessed, how do I release blessing? I can't. It doesn't, matter if, it doesn't matter if it's money or, or spiritual things. If I don't have love and grace, how do, I, how do I give love and grace? If I don't have peace, how do I give peace? If I don't have encouragement, how do I give encouragement? If I don't have finances, how do I sow finances? How do I do these things unless I have the victory in life inside of my own soul? So God is always bringing us along this journey and path. And just like it says in Psalms 23, what does it say in Psalms 23? He wants to lead you to green pastures. He wants to bring you to great uh, along the side of, a, of, of the brook and of the river. And he wants to lead you gently along those places. He wants you to have victory. He wants you blessed. Absolutely. But there's times that he will challenge you. Just like he's challenging him to go, okay, this doesn't look like what you thought. It doesn't smell like what you thought. It doesn't look like the provision that you thought. But the moment that we start accepting what God wants to do in our life, and the moment, and the moment we accept the word of God, and I'm just going to be so plain about this. To me and my family, the word of God is truth. It is truth. There's no exception. We don't go, God, there's parts of the Bible that we really like, and then there's other parts that we try to ignore. We take it as a whole, 100% truth. And I build my life upon that foundation, knowing 100% that I'm going to live a blessed life. Am I, am I going to have hardships? Absolutely. The Bible says the, uh, it rains on the just and the unjust. But I know that even in my hardships, God is for me. God is faithful. You know, just this week, I shared this in first service, and I do not share this to get any pity or sympathy or, or anything. I just share this because I want you to understand that me and Jess deal with struggles and hardships the same way as any of you do. Okay. This week, we got a letter from the state of Ohio. We filed our taxes four years ago with the company. They forgot to send in our taxes, so we got a letter from the state of Ohio stating that we owed them $3,500 and that they put a lien on my credit score that knocked my credit score 200 points and that they need their money ASAP. Great day, you know? Wonderful day, right? Awesome day. I did nothing wrong. I did the right thing. I filed my taxes. I paid the people. And four years later, boom, life happens. But God's faithful. God's faithful. I got in my car. I said, Lord, what do you want to do? He goes, I got a great plan for all of this. I said, okay, good. Trust you. Do I know how it's going to work out? No. But I trust him. I trust the word. And I trust that the word promises me that, that, that he has good plans for my life. That he wants me to prosper and succeed. That he wants me to go forth in victory. 
And then the victory that I have in my soul and the victory that I have in the kingdom with inside of me, guess what? It gets shined out to everybody I touch. God desperately wants you to live victorious. And there's times in our life, Matt, you, got, Matt, you can come on up, but there's times in our life that there's places in our life that don't look like victory, right? There's moments that we look at our life and we go, man, this just doesn't look like what Pastor Jeff is talking about. This just doesn't look like what I've heard, and I don't understand why I'm going through this, okay? I get that. And, and there, are, there are times that we just go through hardships, and I can't always explain why. I can't always explain how, but I can tell you that I serve a really good God that redeems and restores and renews, okay? But then there are also times, too, that we got to make sure that we are aligning our lives with the Word of God. There are times in our lives that we got to go, okay, um, you know, the Lord will show you a passage or the Lord will speak a word in service and you'll go, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hold on that one, Lord. I'm going to hold that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to process that one, God. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to pray a little extra on that one, see if that was really you or if it was just Pastor Jeff having a weird dream the night before. You know, we're, gonna, we're just going to really process that. There's these times that God reveals the word of God and he's revealing it to you to what? Bring you into victory. Because the moment that I align my life with the word of God is a moment that the rain can come. The rain, God's blessing. God's goodness, God's increase, God's favor. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me this morning? You know, I know that a message like this today isn't always, um, as a pastor, always the fun messages to preach, okay? You know, a message like today is like a message that I'm like, oh gosh, I hope everybody doesn't hate me after this. You know, I talked about obedience and righteousness and holiness. But you know, the bottom line is this, is that I am subject to the Lord and I am subject to hear from the Lord for you. And when I hear from the Lord, it's not ever out of frustration, but it's because he's going, man, I really love my people. And I really want them to succeed. And I really want them to live the victorious life that I have for them. And so God will use me to bring a word that may feel like, golly, man, God, you're just stepping on me today. You're getting up in my business today. You're getting up in my world today. But that's okay. It's only going to take you somewhere really really good if you allow it. See, the Bible talks about soils, okay? It talks about being the good soil. And when you're the good soil and you receive, because listen, the, the soil has to receive the rain, okay? So God rains down truth. God rains down wisdom. God rains this down, but then you got to be good soil and take it in. You got to take it in your heart and you got to go, God, okay, okay, God, is there something in my life right now that needs to be corrected by the Word of God? Is there something in my life that I'm not receiving victory because I'm this impure mixture right now? I have some of the Word, but then a part of me, a part of me still wants to live out my old life. A part of me wants to live out my flesh. A part of me wants to do what I want to do. 
And he only corrects that because he wants you blessed. Amen? Amen. Why don't you close your eyes and let's pray this morning. Father, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. We praise you. Come on, we're just going to give God a couple minutes just to speak to your heart this morning. on Instagram and it was it was just it was this little boy and he had this little teddy bear and Jesus was kneeling down to him and Jesus had his hand out he wanted the little boy to give him the teddy bear but behind Jesus was this massive massive teddy bear and you see this little boy and you can see the struggle in his heart going I love my teddy bear God you know I love this and Jesus is going, listen, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. My prayer is that during this upcoming week, that maybe you'll be in the car, maybe you'll be in the shower, maybe you'll be going to bed, maybe you'll be eating breakfast. I don't know when or where, but that there'll be a moment where God will just go, hey, son, daughter, why don't you give me that? Why don't you give me that? Why don't you hand that over to me? Why don't you give that to me so that I can bless others, so I can take care of others, so I can make you stronger, make you a stronger man, a stronger woman. I can make you something different if you trust me. Amen. Come on, grab a hand next to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your wisdom. Thank you, God, for your insight. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is in our life to lead and guide and direct our hearts and our lives. And Father, we declare right now in Jesus' name, we give the Holy Spirit right, and we welcome the Holy Spirit to speak to us this week. Reveal your will to us this week. Reveal your heart to us this week, Lord, so that we would know, that we would know the direction the paths that you have for us. God, I just release your grace, your goodness, your love, and your favor upon your people this week. God, we love you. We love you. And we praise you now. In Jesus, in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody agrees. Said, amen, amen. Everybody smile. Just smile for me, okay? Was that all right? Okay, listen, that's about as mean as Pastor Jeff will ever get, okay? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not real mean. You know me. I'm a hugger. I like, uh, I like people. I love people. 
but just know God loves you a whole bunch and he's for you. Thank you so much for being here. Me and Jess are so blessed to pastor and we are so honored to love you guys and to walk life through uh, with you guys. We love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We will see you guys next weekend.